Hello and welcome to Australian Gothic, a show about Curse Australiana. This is episode four. I'm Lucas and joining me today is my co-host Josie. Hi. I was briefly considering doing some joke about like the Bluey intro, but I do not have a melodica, so uh, you are all welcome for that. (laughs) Just use your imagination. (laughs) Uh, Josie, before we get started, uh, what do you know about the show Bluey? Bluey, okay. So I, my son was never too interested in Bluey. I personally really like it for the little details. It is a, I believe, Brisbane-made show, so from our neck of the woods. Yep. Um, and the main, one of the main characters is voiced by a dude from a Brisbane band called Custard. The creators of Bluey are really clever in that they've married people who are old enough to be fans of Custard or to have been fans of Custard. They know that those people tend to have kids who are probably watching cartoons and they mash the two together and it's an international success. Yeah, but there's obviously more to it than that, but yeah. So look, uh, the main focus of this episode, um, I guess the consensus is that both you and I enjoy the show Bluey. It is a good show. We are, despite our usual remit, Bluey is good. This is not about how Bluey sucks. We're going to be talking about adult Bluey fans and some of the insane shit they've come up with. <laughs> I can't wait. Just to give you a quick rundown. Uh, firstly, we're going to talk about uh, fan theories and why they're held. Josie and I have each gathered a fan theory, which I think is going to illustrate uh, why fandoms are horrible and should should stop. I'm then going to give a brief rundown on the plot of Bluey. I'm going to read a segment from the Bluey wiki and talk about some weird anecdotes I've seen from Bluey f- adult Bluey fans. And then I'm going to read the fan theories themselves. So just to give everyone a little bit of structure there. So Josie, we crowdsourced our listeners mm-hmm. for their weirdest fan theories. Uh, fortunately, our listeners are beautiful and pure. Only a couple of them had some, you know, really twisted fan theories, but what did you come up with? Okay, so I'm actually going to let everyone in on my own personal Josie created fan theory. My son was a huge Thomas the Tank Engine fan uh, as a toddler, so I watched more than enough of all of the, um, the animated newer Thomas the Tank Engine movies, Thomas and Friend movies, and there's one called Day of the Diesel. And the premise of this, basically it's this 60 minute movie what you're supposed to get from it is that the diesels need a new diesel works they're being really impatient and so they basically overtake the steam works and set the diesel works on fire whether through accident or on purpose and they're really really bad and they get scolded but they get a new diesel works at the end my personal fan theory is that steamies are the bourgeoisie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the diesels are the working class. They're the proletariats. They, even though they're depicted, so they're they're depicted as the baddies throughout Thomas and Friends, but actually that's because Thomas and Friends is made by the ruling class. It is all about capitalism and um, being efficient and working hard and like has this Protestant work ethic underneath it all. Actually, the Diesels do so much fucking hard work. In this movie, they've been telling Sir Topham Hatt, previously known as the Fat Controller, (laughs) or also known as, they were telling him for ages that they needed a new Diesel Works. And meanwhile, the Steamies have a perfectly functioning Steamworks. And Sir Topham Hatt, being the capitalist pig that he is, just never repaired the Diesel Works. So... 
the diesels collectivized and they knew that what hurt Sir Topham had the most was disruption to the accumulation of capital. So they basically protested over, like, set the diesel works on fire, whether through accident or on purpose, and overtook the steamworks, leaving the steamies without a place to go. And Sir Topham Hatt was forced, then and there, to build a new diesel works. Therefore, the diesels actually collectivized and demanded something, and they got their demands. So even though <laughs> this overall movie is all about how the diesels were bad, it is actually... It, it can be, if you frame it the right way to your child... You can use it to show them um, the the usefulness of collectivizing. Anyway, that is my fan theory or like interpretation. I don't know if it's a fan theory as such. I told you to get bad ones. That one would kicks ass. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've gotten abuse from um, some Thomas Thomas heads on Twitter about this one before. Uh, oh so hopefully God. they're not listening. Yeah, uh, shout out to any Thomas the Tank Engine fans listening. I hope you are also cool. <laughs> um, my friend uh, pitched another fan theory to me. Um, this this might ring a few bells with some people. The idea that uh, the Pokemon universe takes place in a like post-war period. Yeah. And that is why there are no adults in Pokemon. Uh, this also leads to like darker theories about were Pokemon used as weapons during said war Ooh. and it's why there's no cars it's why kids are allowed to just kind of wander everywhere Ooh, and nuclear involvement well then you have every time you mention a fury like this in in J- japanese media it's just like hey does uh oh. does like sort of atomic warfare loom large wow right yep so it could well be but um but yeah of course pokemon was inspired by a guy who liked collecting bugs who just liked <laughs> wandering around in nature so you know this is an instance where fans uh typically dudes my age who are a bit nerdy can like drastically overread uh source material that was never meant to be read that way and come up with like just the most bleak shit my my fan fury uh definitely leans into that a little bit i'm a uh, content warning for uh murder and sexual assault if those themes are going to be uh too intense for you to listen to please skip ahead a couple of minutes um my fan theory is to do with the movie my neighbor totoro are you at all familiar with that um i obviously have seen what that is i've never watched it myself though oh okay it it is a really lovely movie about like uh two little girls and their dad who move out to rural japan it's meant to be circa the 50s but like never really stated they encounter a magical creature called totoro they like dance on the wind it's a really lovely movie unfortunately someone did some research and you know so you know did some weird little fan connections and uh, decided that My Neighbor Totoro could have possibly been referencing a real-life murder called the Sayama Incident. What? Where in a... Okay, there is a scene in My Neighbor Totoro near the end where one of the little girls, the younger one, goes missing because she's upset that her mum isn't coming home from the hospital sooner. Uh, They find a sandal in a pond. Uh, They worry that the little girl has drowned. Uh, The movie ends with a... the older girl uh, seeking Totoro for help, who summons the lovely cat bus. They go find May. They go visit their mum in the hospital. It's really lovely. Some uh, weird dudes have come up with the idea that no, actually, Totoro is a deaf spirit. 
May was murdered, uh, the younger daughter was murdered, because uh, in the real life uh, Sayama incident, a 16 year old girl was uh, sexually assaulted and then murdered. Her sister then, her older sister then committed suicide and claimed to have seen, uh, there are apocryphal reports that the older sister saw a tanuki. Uh, oh, apparently okay. there is no substantiation for this. This and a couple of other things were enough for people to link this to my neighbor Totoro oh, and for a good yeah yeah very very tenuous but enough like stupid little things apparently the Sayama incident happened in May uh, both little girls in Totoro are called Satsuki in May Satsuki is like the Japanese word for May so they were just like oh that's oh. a on, honestly tenuous fucking connection that is so tenuous like come on guys <laughs> like I'm willing to to like suspend belief for a little bit but come on yeah so uh, eventually sadly this fan theory uh from between like 2012 and 2014 got big enough that studio ghibli had to come out and address it and be like hey fuckheads we did not base our kids movie on a <laughs> fucking real life murder it ain't that deep bro <laughs> like jesus what what intrigues me about this is uh this was you know 2012 2014 this was the era of like the cracked listicle you mm-hmm. know buzzfeed articles you know the sort of media where dudes in their then 20s to, you know, 35 my age who are a bit nerdy are, like, presented with a chance to, like, drastically overthink stuff. I think one place this comes from is growing up, you sometimes find out that things you like are complicated or bad or... <laughs> I think there's a little bit of South Park brain where, like, nothing can ever be truly good and you can't truly like anything. You have to be slightly detached and cynical about everything. And uh, and so you end up deciding that a really nice kids movie is based on a murder. What my real life fan theory, I guess it's not a fan theory, but I reckon with the same tenuous strands that you've sort of um, talked about, I reckon you could tie 9-11 invasion of Iraq with the um, people coming of age and having the internet and too much time and creating these fan theories. Because, you know, if we were the baddies, then what else is there? What else What else is hiding behind, I don't know, just fuck, I guess a fucking anime film or Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> or Bluey? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think fan theories, if it's like just for fun and like, sort of spitballing i think i think it's fun but when it's like i could see how the example you gave it's sort of like it seems like people earnestly believed it but also i can't help but think of the living people who knew those girls and having that brought up or like even just people local to the area having that brought up how that could be potentially um traumatic for people so has kind of material impacts yeah, exactly. And and again, um it's it's strange that people would read this much into it. Um some a listener of the show, Chris, piped in when I asked about fan theories and said like he basically implied that he was not of an age group where people had like certainly not chat rooms to come up with this shit. <laughs> and uh that's that's what we're going to be talking about now. Would you like a brief rundown of the show Bluey? Yes, please. Tell me about Bluey. I have not watched it in years, so. Oh, okay, wow. Uh, my, uh, so my background, um, I have a daughter. She's quite young. Uh, we discovered that if you put on Bluey, uh, my daughter will happily sit and watch it and is a perfect chance for you to uh, uh, get shit done around the house, <laughs> make dinner, use the toilet without an audience. So, so Bluey is a lifesaver in that. I have seen a lot of Bluey, so 
So I feel I feel like a uh, god like Hannibal Lecter a little bit because I feel like I have watched a lot of Bluey. I can see how people my age could come to some of these conclusions. At the same time, I'm like, man, it's a fucking kids show, and the creators of said kids show clearly haven't overthought it that much. Why are you doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Bluey is a started in 2018. It is done by a Brisbane animation company called Studio Ludo. It is set in a alternate world Brisbane where everyone is anthropomorphized human dogs. Uh, the family are the Healer family, featuring Bluey Healer, who is a six-year-old, uh, who is blue, her sister Bingo, who is red, and her parents are Chili and Bandit. It is a fairly standard kid show where you it's described on ABC tv as you know helping kids develop emotional resilience you know there are you know episodes where bluey learns how to share learns how to you know sustain good relationships with people you know there's a really sad episode where they come across an injured animal and have to deal with like mortality a little bit it is kind of a funny show there are jokes in there for (laughs) grown-ups i have been told i'll segue into some of the weird missions i've heard from adult bluey fans um I've encountered, I remember having lunch with my mum and some of her friends who were, you know, people in their 70s, and uh, they admitted that they would watch Bluey without their grandkids. Oh, yeah, I, I, I could watch Bluey just by myself, I think, if I really wanted to. Like, it's a comforting sort of show. Okay, I guess it is sort of simple. And, you know, my my theory for this was, like, it is sort of novel if you grew up in Brisbane seeing settings that you know intimately or settings you're at least, like, somewhat familiar with rendered, you know, not just animated, but, like, drawn really beautifully. Mm. That is really novel and kind of nice to see. (laughs) I remember one of my first times watching it uh, with my husband, Robert. I was like, this is the closest thing that, like, us whitey settlers will ever get to knowing what it's like to have like I mean we always have representation on the screen don't get me wrong but it's like oh wow Brisbane representation I feel seen because like everything down to like the scrubbing (laughs) brushes that they use for the dishes is like the the most common one you buy out of Brisbane Coles and like stuff like that it 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 is a it is a standard kid show but for for Brisbane people, I there's definitely like this sort of novelty, um, but it is also a good show because I believe that they signed up with Disney and it's gone international and it's popular internationally. Sorry, just before I forget, because I have the brain of a sieve. <laughs> there is I I couldn't tell you anything about the show in terms of like plot points, but there is this one scene at the very end of an episode where Bluey and her parents are swimming in the pool, and the very last shot is her being underwater and holding her breath and looking up and she just sees her two parents holding hands for a second and giving each other a like just a kiss and then you just see bluey's face just like smile content contentedly or um contently whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. the word is and that's the end of the episode and i actually got really emotional because it was like oh it's just this really nice thing of be like I don't know. It was just like such a simple thing that showing that kids seeing, you know, their guardians just have simple affection can be really heartwarming and meaningful. And I don't know. It was something that really stuck with me for some reason. Um, oh, just just to be clear, um, I always credited this as like uh, becoming a parent. Uh, the part of my brain that makes me cry like just got way bigger. But uh, but yeah, there have been a. It seems like I'm 
it might sound like I'm going to like shit on adults who watch Bluey, but no, no, there are episodes of Bluey that have had me like fucking bawling my eyes out next oh, to yeah. my toddler who is just like, Daddy Bluey. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just wanted to get that out before I forgot. That was my one thing that I sort of think is, um, is really, really good about Bluey. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, going back to like uh, the setting, it's really sort of mind blowing. My only other point about that is like, you know, exciting seeing like not only like set dressing it's like oh that's the brush i use but like oh that's the south bank you know sort of riverside walkway i've been there before yeah that's the church at red hill where my ex and i had like a really horrible fight (laughs) oh cool (laughs) hello hello children (laughs) would you like to hear my story about this (laughs) not all adult bluey fans are like that pleasant though um so just to be clear bluey is called bluey because she is blue (laughs) if you follow us on twitter you saw that it was with great trepidation i googled bluey gender because uh the fact that bluey is a a female character uh is like a six-year-old girl and is blue still kind of breaks some people's brains particularly if you're of a certain generation some people can't grasp it a female character could be blue like or or could wear blue (laughs) what (laughs) What, one of my favorite sort of Google suggested searches was like, was why does Bluey look like a boy? Bluey oh. looks like a rectangle sort of anthropomorphized dog. The characters are all meant to be rectangular in shape because it's like an easy animation style. It also means children can copy that style easier, which mm-hmm. may contribute to the success. I guess it's because Bluey doesn't have like big red lipstick or like a bow. <laughs> Carrying a handbag. Yeah, carrying a handbag. Uh, there is another show on ABC iView which sucks, which I sort of ended up watching because there was a stage where my daughter would get up at five and we'd just watch TV because there was nothing to do. Um, there was a show called Squared Zebra. I'm not sure if you've come across no. it. It's a, it's a zebra. He's like checkered. His name Checkery. It's awful. Checkery. It's kind of dropped off. Hell. All right. Um, but there is a there is a female zebra character, and you can tell she's female. Not just because they refer to her with, like, you know, femme pronouns. Uh, She has braids and, like, big fucked up red lips. Oh, no. It's really... I noticed it one morning and I'm just like, it's not enough for just her to have, like, a (sighs) femme name and, you know, be referred to by femme pronouns. It's like, no, no, no. She must have, like, lipstick, even though all these characters are meant to be, like, children. So I guess maybe that's why people think Bluey looks like a boy because she just looks like all the other kid dogs there's yeah, like one people, of bluey's friends has like pigtails but mm. yeah i guess like if people are so used to cartoons like having the gender identity sort of served on a platter it's sort of like what <laughs> like bluey is just like not only are there like no sort of like dimorphic things like yeah the blue thing is is definitely a, a big element of it yeah and it's also quite a from memory, like, I, I was going to call it a feminist show, but all it is is that the mum works. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so feminist, girl boss. <laughs> yeah, um, and we will get to, like, the two characters' jobs in a little bit, don't, mm. don't you worry. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. um, probably the weirdest uh, combination of this, because, you know, my daughter is only a couple of years old, um, so I was aware of Bluey for a long time, just being a Brisbane filmmaker and saying like, yo, you got to check out this show. And I'm just being like, yeah, that sounds like a kid show. No, thanks. I'll wait until I have kids. Yeah, I remember seeing a Facebook post from a woman just losing her fucking mind about the fact that, you know, how am I meant to explain to my son that the blue character is a girl? <laughs> I'm pretty sure your son will probably get it just fine, lady. Yeah, you, on the other hand, you're fucked in the head. Please, <laughs> please delete your account. <laughs> 
never post again. This is something I still encounter, particularly with older family members. We have like Bluey dolls and older family members are just like, here's Bluey, put him over there. And it's just like, Bluey's a girl, Bluey's a girl. <laughs> God, I, I sometimes I just think to myself, I'm like, I mean, I know that Australia has a long way to go, but I'm in such a silo that like the fact that a fucking blue character being a girl is breaking people's brains. I'm like, oh no, we are, we, we have so much work to do. (laughs) As even like, I mean, I even noticed it years ago that like, you know, I have a big female dog and my mum kept referring to our dog as a he. And I was just like, mum, it's, her name is Luna. (laughs) And she was just like, but it's and a big boy. Like, oh, so it's a, yeah, but it's a thing, like, for a certain older generation, like, cars are girls and dogs are boys. Like, you know, they've really imprinted gender onto shit that doesn't have sexual traits. It's, yeah. it's very weird. And it, I feel like it's something that a lot of people of a certain age are going to have to unlearn and hopefully, like, our children will be free of. Yeah, I, I do have hope for the kids. So now I'm going to get to, like, the actual uh, Bluey fan theories. Yes. Um, so uh, we're going to start off with uh, a popular one called uh, the drug ring theory. What? It stems from the fact that this is a complaint that, you know, Nicola and I voiced at one point before we understood that like, okay, the show is meant to be sort of like idealized Brisbane. <laughs> they live in Red Hill because, you know, Red Healer, it's a pun on the name. Ah. Uh-huh. Red Hill is kind of centrally. So you do, you know, I spent a lot of time in Red Hill growing up. You can see a lot of Brisbane. You can see Mount Kufa. You can see the city, you can see South Bank, it's like quite high up and central. Also, Red Hill, if you know anything about Brisbane property prices, is fucking expensive to live in and their mm-hmm. house is really nice. The two parents, Bandit, their father, he is voiced by David McCormick, the lead singer of Custard and the Titanics. I blew my wife's mind on Father's Day by playing Girls Like That. And she was oh, just like, so oh. good. Yeah, so she good. was just like, oh, it's a good song, but it's so fucking weird hearing the dog character singing <laughs> seeing a very 90s but very cool song so anyway bandit healer works as an archaeologist because dog joke digging up bones oh sorry i'm so dumb i never made that joke i never made that connection before sorry i thought you i expected you to know way more about bluey and what knowing what i know about your family and your kids age like i assumed you would be all over this but oh yeah, I'm no i'm just not very <laughs> clever about this sort of thing <laughs> Um, anyway, also, Chili Healer is a airport security sniffer dog or works in airport security, <gasps> which sucks and is not she's based. She's a cop. But she's a cop. And, Fuck! And look, here's my, here's, here's my nutty fan fury. Bluey seems to be, like, weirdly pro-army at points. No. It's like, their, there's their grandpa was, like, a soldier and they've got, like, a really proud photo of him from, like, you know, his wartime period. Red Hill is near the Inogra Barracks. Oh, okay. Fine. Making connections we here. Come our, we come up with our own nutty fan. Oh, no. Jesus, we've become, we've become the thing we've hated. Yeah, sorry, I'll let you continue. No, that's okay. So anyway, people have surmised that there is no way they could possibly afford a big pretty house in Red Hill, a big like three, four bedroom house in Red Hill on those two salaries. So they must be using Chili Healers airport connections to sell drugs. Yeah, I buy it. <laughs> If it, look, if I knew any less about Brisbane house prices, I'd be like, oh, that's a stretch. You were working in either an extractive industry 
or you're Mm -hmm. undertaking some illicit activity (laughs) to be able to live in Red Hill. I know that for a fact that we have listeners that live in Red Hill, and I'm sorry, but I know your secret. (laughs) Yeah, and well, look, it's also also one of my complaints I had with the show as well, that maybe it's because I work in film and so I got my head up my ass about like the media my kid consumes, but there is an episode where you see one of Bluey's friends' family's houses and they have a fucking fish tank built into the wall. What? And it's just like... yeah, uh, Chloe the Dalmatian's family live in a house where, like, they. Oh. my guess is they live somewhere Ashgrovey because a lot of the houses there are sort of newish, you mm-hmm. know, lots of development going on. And, yeah, they have a fish tank built into the wall that you can see through into another room. And it's just like, sorry, that's, that's oh. rich fucker shit. Uh, Dalmatians die real quick, so... <laughs> She's gonna have to get. She's gonna have to say goodbye to her friend pretty soon. Friend of the show, Lars, made a very good point that Dalmatians have all but disappeared from public consciousness. So it's somewhat odd to see it in see Dalmatians in Bluey because it's like, yeah, I've seen one Dalmatian in the wild in like the last three years because oh. they suck. They've gone. The breed has gone to hell. Quick cue. Um, are there yeah. pets in Bluey? Hi everyone, it's Editor Lucas. Uh, I stuffed up here and said no to Josie's question. Uh, There are pets in Bluey, Uh, just not any companion animals. There's no, there's no dog, pet dogs. There's no pet cats that we've seen so far. Cats exist in the world, apparently. Uh, But certainly there are like pet goldfish, pet birds. Uh, At one point they visit the Wilston Vet, uh, which is where I used to go. So yeah, sorry about that. Back to the episode. And I'm wondering if maybe at some point when the animators decide they're fucking sick of doing the show, they're going to just, like, have a Halloween episode where they keep, like, nightmarish, tiny, nude humans as pets. (laughs) (laughs) Who scream constantly. To be fair, we deserve it. (laughs) So are you ready for the miscarriage fan theory? Oh, I... So this is the only bit that I have, like, known was coming because I... I believe in one of our earlier episodes, you referenced the miscarriage theory. And that's all I know. I refuse to Google any other Bluey fan theories. And I don't know this one. I just like, <sighs> drop it on me. Drop it on me, Lucas. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Content warning for, uh, you know, pregnancy loss. Um, uh, please stop listening if that is going to be an issue. In the Mother's Day episode called The Show... Bluey and Bingo improvise a play detailing how their parents met and had children. A key plot of the episode is Bingo's anxiousness that she'll somehow ruin Mother's Day. uh, Because at the start of the episode, Bingo, who is meant to be, you know, four and kind of clumsy, you know, like kids are, she's like, you know, she's still growing up. They try to serve their mother breakfast in bed. She trips over and runs away thinking like, oh no, I keep ruining things. They put on a play. It's very cute. There is a scene where they discuss their mum being pregnant with Bluey and Bingo, who is a red healer like their mum, has a balloon tucked up her shirt to simulate a baby bump. They're goofing around. They're sort of they're like playing with the baby bump and the balloon pops. It then cuts to their parents who are sitting on the bed and they suddenly like hold hands. Aww. Now, people have read into this and saying that like, oh no, Bluey was a rainbow baby and they may have experienced pregnancy loss, you know, on a, What's a, rainbow on a prior baby? pregnancy. A rainbow baby is the baby you have after a miscarriage. Oh, I've never heard that term before. I thought it meant like a gay baby, (laughs) like a baby of gay parents. Let me, let me quickly check that. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. But uh, yeah, a rainbow baby is a baby that you have after the loss of a child. They act as a symbol of renewal and hope. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's very nice. And oh, picture of babies. 
Sorry, I'm about to have my second child, everyone. So sorry, everyone. I'm oh no, I'm <laughs> I I can't wait to meet little baby because every time I yeah. see a baby, I look at Robert, and then we both shake our heads. But I I love babies <laughs> so much. <laughs> this will probably be our. We'll pro- we'll probably stick with two kids. Let me just say. That's so a good review on that. Okay, so the miscarriage fan theory. Would you like to hear some further evidence for this? Please. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, before I go on, when I was watching this episode, I maybe, because I'm a film wanker, I sort of thought like, oh, they're they're suddenly holding hands. Is this because they may have, like, had a miscarriage before that? But then I was like, no, that would be fucking insane to put in a kid's show. They're holding hands because they understand that their daughter has, like, had this anxiousness all day about, like fucking up mother's day and something unexpected has just happened and she's just run off being upset so like that is yeah. my read <laughs> as just a bluey watcher of the episode the show i don't think they put miscarriage into the plot but uh but here's some more evidence do you at all remember the bluey episode sleepy time can no i don't not not from the name okay sleepy time is a really lovely episode it has almost no dialogue it's mostly set to music it's about uh sleeping and dreaming it's about bingo trying to sleep in her bed by herself without one of her parents and there's this lovely like hallucinatory sequence where bingo starts dreaming and it shows the solar system and earth hatches to reveal like bingo and she like floats in space then the moon hatches and that's bingo's like rabbit toy and then they come across another planet that has hatched already. Oh. And this is because in the episode, Bluey is, like, just being a little shit and, like, is, you know, awake and, you know, keeping her parents up and, you know, asking them for glasses of water and just being being a wanker. Yeah. So well, this is what? my cynical parent. <laughs> wait, wait, so do they think that one that's already hatched isn't Bluey? Yeah, uh, fans of the miscarriage theory quote uh, this scene of the hatch planet that is either venus or mars as the you know the pregnancy loss baby why why not bluey yeah why not bluey because is like up in that episode and is like you know on the toilet and asking her dad who is like very sleepy to like sing to her and just being like annoying like that's so silly it's deeply weird (laughs) that like yeah when you were like oh and then Bluey's doing all this stuff. I'm like, okay, so where's the other hatched planet? Because, yeah, that's just, okay. That's weird. Yeah, so that's, the miscarriage theory really took off. And, like, a lot of people were just like, oh, man, it's so nice to, I think the saddest thing is that a lot of people who, you know, have experienced pregnancy loss may have thought, like, oh, the show is, uh, the show is addressing us. And it's just like, yeah. I'm sure it's not just about, like, you know, the anxiousness of being a little kid. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, and I guess this is the thing, right? It's like, if that's what they got from the show, like, I, I can't begrudge that. And I do think it would be a very good thing to address because miscarriage is so common. There's this, like, how to make a baby book that we got our son. And it says, this is what happens, you know, like, basically, this is a, a, a fetus sometimes this results in a baby being born sometimes it doesn't because i and it's sort of like an attempt to show that you know not always there's not always a baby at the end okay yeah so i i i I have so much empathy for the people who have gotten something meaningful from that but i don't know that it's there but then also does it matter if it's there or not? You know, if, if it's made people... Like, if it's been... If they believe that and they believe it was done as, like, a nod and it was done sweetly, 
I guess there's no harm, if that kind of makes sense. Oh, you may, you brought me around. Yeah, that's a really nice point. And I yeah, guess yeah, sorry. Author, if you if you wish to believe that, you know, the episode about them putting on a silly little show about their parents meeting in London is actually about pregnancy loss, then yeah, that's 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 fine. That's nice. We give you permission. Um, <laughs> we I, I some random asshole with a roadcaster give you permission to take comfort from this nice episode oh. of Bluey. Don't get me wrong. I think it's entirely bullshit. I just I, I can see why. <laughs> I can see why people think that. Look, Bluey has. There's an episode where they they have an episode called Early Baby, which is all about like you know premature babies and what? Like, the kids are. Yeah, the kids are well, like okay, they're they're playing at their Steiner school. Um, that's the thing. Bluey is like really big on Steiner schools. Red Hill Steiner School. <laughs> Yes, that's the thing. And, and the Steiner School is like meant to be located halfway at the Sunshine Coast. So they're dropping their kids oh. on this fucking nightmare commute. I know it's meant to be an idealized show, but it's like, no, no, I'm not driving my kids fucking 40 minutes each way. It's probably the Beachmere Steiner School. That's the only one I know of, to be fair. There's one at Beachmere, which means that it's like another half an hour off the Bruce Highway. But if you're if you're working in an extractive industry or illicit network, you, you can afford that petrol. <laughs> yep, yep. You can. You probably have a driver to take your kids out to Steiner <laughs> School. I have friends who went to a Steiner School. I thought they looked nifty. The more I learned about like Rudolf Steiner, the more oh my I was god. Like, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I hear you. Anyway, sorry. It's a nice episode, and they're just like you know they it's it's little kids like acting out what they've seen, which you know is a way. And Bluey is kind of good with this, like you know acting out stuff that is tough from home life, and yeah. you know contextualizing it. That that is lovely, and I think that is you know very good for a show like that to do. Are you ready for what I consider is the worst fan theory? Please. Oh, uh, well, well, sorry. Before that, I'm going to have to read the Bluey Wiki to you. Oh, Are you God. ready for that? Not, not quite. <laughs> What's your experience with, like, fan wikis and TV tropes and sort of, like, you know, user-submitted catalogs of shows? I don't look at them too much. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I don't think I look at them enough. Obviously, not as well cited as other places, but, uh, yeah. As you have all probably guessed, I'm a huge fucking nerd and I will sadly like finish a book or a game or something like that. And, you know, for a long time, I've kind of stopped doing it, you know, go to TV tropes or the wiki and try and read up about like this particular fucking zombie from Dying Light. <laughs> um, I'm starting to do that less because the more I read of these things, the more I'm just like, oh, any asshole can write on this. I can't wait. Some of them are wrong or psycho and just the sort of people who tend to write wikis and TV tropes just tend to be like very weird people anyway. So, uh, okay, here's, I've picked up a random entry um, for Bob Healer, who is their paternal grandfather, oh. who, is in, who is in two episodes exactly. He is theorized to be dead because um, he, he was in one episode and has never been in any episode since. So everyone's just He's like, just old. Dead? And also people don't see old people very much. Yeah, yeah. Well, except, like, you know, his wife is in all the subsequent episodes. So oh. just like, is he dead? Is he in jail? What the fuck? He's got agoraphobia. I understand, mate. <laughs> um, I am going to read word for word the appearance section oh, no. of the character. Oh, sorry. Uh, blue, but just before that is Bluey.tv description. Bluey and Bingo's granddad. Appearance. Bob is a blue healer with white, grey, black, dark grey, and brown fur. He has white feet, hands, chest muzzle and eyebrows, grey legs, leg spots, arms, torso, tail tip and head spots, 
dark grey, leg splotches, leg spots, tail stem and right head, okay. black outer ears and brown leg spots, head spots, left head and inner ears. He also has a black nose, beard whiskers on his muzzle and part of his left ear missing. Oh, oh. In his younger years during the 80s, his grey fur used to be blue and his dark grey and brown on his head fur used to be black, similar to his son Bandit. His left ear also used to be whole as well. <laughs> do we know that? <laughs> do, we, do we know that it used to be whole? Oh, sorry, there is an episode where we see a younger version of him. Yeah, so, so oh. that is a, a, an accurate description of his appearance in that episode. But uh, yeah, what do you think we can take away from that appearance section? That he is old. An old dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's a veteran. <laughs> oh no, 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 that's that's Bluey's other granddad. Wait, that's been addressed. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a yep. Yeah, in fact, it's implied that a uh, Bluey's maternal grandfather never quite made it back from Nam. <gasps> so Vietnam happened in Bluey world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, okay, in that episode, <gasps> who's Doggy sidebar, Kissinger? Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> I have so many There's questions now. Yeah, okay, so uh, Bluey's mum takes her two daughters to go see their grandfather who is recovering from, like, heartworm and who is meant to be taking it easy. They get there and he's, like, trying to remove a tree stump. Chili gets, you know, their mum gets angry and he runs off with the two girls into the woods, like, semi-playfully, but also to avoid getting, like, chewed out by his daughter. And at one point he says, like, oh, I wish I had you guys in the jungle with me. And it's just like, what the fuck? Whoa. Why are you still... Why That's are you it. still thinking about Nam, Mort? <laughs> Mort, what the fuck, dude? Uh, was there anything else I was supposed to get from the description? Uh, that someone gave an, a painful description of a character from a fucking cartoon. Yes. Oh yeah, absolute weirdo, absolute weirdo. Nutcase, never heard of anything, any other character described in such detail. There are, there are like, I play a lot of video games and Warhammer and shit like that. Uh, some of the characters in those games are very detailed. I've never read a wiki description that detailed for any of those fucking things where it's like, where it's like clearly like a very high level character designer like has done excruciating detail on this like drooling monster thing. Like this is again a rectangle dog. Yeah, it's a, it is a fucking rectangle dog. It felt, when you were describing it, in my mind's eye, I saw like the, the VATS system from Fallout. And you were like, <laughs> I feel like you were like going in. I could hear the noise on each part of the body. And you were just like, I was like, this is too much. Yeah, because when I first read that, I experienced brain death. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, I, I accept this could have been written possibly by someone who's maybe not all there. Or perhaps for um, accessibility reasons, I suppose. Oh, now I feel like a prick. Okay. This is what I'm good Oh, I'm so good, good at this. Okay. Thank you for being on the <laughs> two podcast two and catching me. feel like a prick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in case I was like, who is this asshole on his podcast? <laughs> look, the other scenario is that it is possibly like someone's parent who has sat them down. It's like, now let's describe the character from the show in excruciating <laughs> detail because my kid will write wikis one day. <laughs> hey, yeah, do some homework. Hey, that's actually a fun homework activity. Um, make a kid write an entry for a wiki. And they're just like, fine, I'll do it, mum. And then just <laughs> write their own painstaking. For Bob? Sorry, I'm just circling back to that. <laughs> for a character who is in exactly two episodes. Incredible work. Uh, two episodes where he has dialogue. <laughs> and look, the nice thing about being in his entry is that there are like very clear entries for like relatives. So I can skip to our final fan theory. The theory that Sox Healer 
who is meant to be a baby. Who sucks. Who, okay, Socks is Bluey's... Bluey, Bluey and Bingo have two cousins. Okay. Socks and Muffin. Sorry, Muffin is the oh, oldest cute. cousin. Muff, Muffin is the best character in the show. She's very bratty. There's a lot of episodes about, like, you know, learning to deal with, like, very little children or, you know, children who are just, like, a bit irrational or just a bit <laughs> nutty. Uh, Muffin Healer is my favorite character, maybe because I relate to her because I was probably that kid. Um, Couldn't be me. <laughs> Muffin is meant to be, like, four and just, like, a bit, like, that's mine, that's mine, you know, that kind of kid. Couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Socks, on the other hand, is meant to be, like, one, and there are a number of episodes where, about, like, dealing with very little children, you know, like, you know, when you have a cousin who is, like, one or two, and they, like, hit you, you know, hey, you mm. can't be upset because they're very little. In fact, the whole, one of the Christmas episodes deals with, like, oh, Socks bit me, and it's just like, yeah, <laughs> Socks is, like, one, so just, just be chill. Um, so I'm going to go down to the trivia section, which is always the oh, best section no. to go to any wiki. <laughs> this is I'm not quite sure what search brought me to this I think I may have just googled like insane wiki fan theories Socks Healer for many of her appearances is like a traditional puppy like they represent the fact that she's like a baby by her being like she walks on all fours she barks she only says a couple of words it's sort of like a fun little joke that like ah like maybe the dogs in this world are like traditional puppies when they're very young yeah this person, this writer, has a different idea. Oh, no. Socks walked on all fours throughout season one and most of season two. However, in Baby Race, Bluey and her friends were all seen learning to walk as human babies, probably because the writers of the show didn't overthink this and decided to do an episode relating to, like, parent experience. Of, yes. Like, you, know, <laughs> you know, milestones in babies don't make a big deal of it. Uh, very relevant to my life. Some people theorized this was a genetic trait, but some theorized that Socks had autism. Any more elaboration on that? Uh, uh, no, there's a, there's a, there's a, it gets worse. There's oh, a, there's a worse off. theory beyond that. No elaboration of that. Okay. Okay. Uh, are you ready to go a step deeper? Yes. Another theory is that Muffin, acting crazy as usual, could have caused this to happen by possibly knocking into Trixie's womb. No, 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 they're not, they're not, no, no. So, so, so Socks acting like a puppy, even though she's meant to be a little kid, could be like a birth defect from, and, uh, caused by another character? I, I also don't like the, I, I don't like how close the suggestion of autism and a birth defect are. Like, are they deliberately yeah. separating those two ideas? No, they're they're bullet points and then like sub bullet points. So like, mm, I so don't like it. I don't like it. Yep. Yeah. I think I think it ain't that deep. <laughs> yeah. Um. The point beneath that, just just moving on past that, is like, despite Bluey having a crib, Socks had a dog bed. This may indicate this happened often. It's like, what the fuck are you? What? About? What? <laughs> what the fuck? Am, what? Yeah. What? I don't I don't even know what yeah, to yeah, say. This is, this is all the same section, like kind of the same paragraph. What I I don't it feels ableist, but if I give it credence, then I'm 
like I feel dirty for even being angry at it because I'm like it's all just so absurd. But I, I, I really, the, the, the part I take issue with is sort of no elaboration on the whole like walking different equates to autism thing. I mean, I have quite a few family members with autism. Uh, some of them, uh, some of those family members sometimes prefer to w- walk on their toes sometimes, which is the opposite, I, walk I on guess, my toes. of socks. Oh, yeah. My God. <laughs> yeah. It's also a sensory thing. Like, um, because there's a huge overlap of the way that ADHD and autism manifest and, you know, diagnoses are a social construct kind of thing, largely. I have huge sensory issues with my feet and I walked on my tippy toes for a long time too. But that's like, kind of, you can be like, oh, well, yeah, I have ADHD. Um, so that it's okay to be a little bit different, guys. <laughs> and And this is a cartoon. This is a cartoon dog that's clearly supposed to be like an infant or toddler. And and I, I really don't like that connection between damage being done in the womb, <laughs> being so close to the suggestion of autism. I think that's really, really gross of that um, member of the public. But um, yeah, that that's the weirdest one by far. <laughs> yep, I'm glad I ordered them the way they did because when I saw that, uh, if you go to our, our Twitter, OzGothicPod at Twitter, you can see my face. I managed to like reach down, grab my phone, and take a photo of me when I read that. That is my actual face when I read oh, really? this theory. I was, just, I, I was like that. so appalled. I was fucking flabbergasted that someone would make this connection. And this is another thing: is that the writers are really. Good. It's a kids' show, right? So the writers are really good at making the moral of the story very clear. Like that. That's the point. They're very like. This is the lesson we're learning. And I just feel like autism is something that they could probably bring up and you would know about it oh oh, sorry the other i was going to mention the other episode that kind of got me like sobbing and weird because uh for those of you who don't know i am in the process of getting diagnosed with adhd uh, (laughs) due to you know issues you may have picked you may have picked up throughout the podcast um the episode army uh does address does have a character with adhd really a little jack russell dog called jack and the episode starts very much look the episode is it kind of implies that you know maybe some martial discipline a la the army would be good for jack Ooh. <laughs> okay. again this is possibly me overreading it so let me i have more to say um, on that <laughs> yeah anyway the episode deals with a uh, uh, jack who is a jack russell uh rattling off every symptom to adhd uh, going to the steiner school where bluey does meeting up with another dog called rusty who is one of bluey's friends he is playing army he brings jack into the game it's implied that the game uh, help is helpful to rusty in some way oh now now this could just be like play and engagement but yeah i don't know i i was just like oh cool it is nice that there is you know a character with like adhd and i don't know like I, like neurodivergency sort of thing yeah this is a uh, going into my own insane fan theory that like bluey <laughs> is pro army because you know rusty is like i'm playing army because my dad's in the army it's just like cool your dad's probably a war criminal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gives me his condensed milk from his rations pack, and when he executes civilians, he always takes a photo. <laughs> My dad has a pink lunchbox in the backyard. <laughs> Which, for That's those playing lunch- at home, is a little reference to our homegrown alleged war criminal, Ben Robert Smith. Oh, that can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, well, once this trial's done, there is more than enough material on ben robert smith alone oh, who yeah. who again for uh international listeners especially is a guy that brought a defamation suit 
against, I believe, the ABC, who alleged that he's a war criminal. And in this defamation suit that he brought, they're just proving just that he's a war. He's a war criminal, man. <laughs> <laughs> that part and, of it I follow but yeah I kind of yeah. didn't take that much of it in because I figured it would just make me like mad and I wouldn't be able to do anything about it yeah now the pink lunchbox is is maybe the most in-depth thing I know how he hid like USB drives of war crimes oh my god in his backyard anyway allegedly on Minecraft so anyway yep yeah if if Bluey is pro-army which you know proximity to Inagra Barracks is my little it's my little fan theory that I'm cooking up on the spot of course we cannot do an episode about fan theories and how demented the people who come up with them are without coming up with our own fan theory uh, yeah. my other you know, I'll tell you I'll tell you what cheeses me off fall back <laughs> sorry there is an episode called Pass the Parcel I hate it sorry this is just me venting about an episode the episode is about the right way to play Pass the Parcel oh no and one of the parents is like nah there should be just one prize and even though like no. the other kids get and even though like all the children get like really upset they don't get a prize because it's a fucking party game and not like a life lesson anyway the whole point of the episode i find the character even says like we're raising a gen we're raising a sick generation what the it's fuck weird. it's oh, sorry he says we're raising a generation of squibs but it's still the sentiment is the same what the hell? Bluey is usually a cool and like based show, but this episode sucks because the whole point of the episode is that the kids, even Bingo, who keeps like losing it past the parcel and being disappointed, eventually they all come to like the the way that they used to play past the parcel back in the eighties. Okay, so I've figured out my next sort of Patreon episode for Hill to Die on my other podcast. What's the correct way to play past the parcel? Because it turns out I have strong opinions and that is not the way. <laughs> Everyone gets a little prize. The character takes umbrage with like, oh, it's too difficult to like stop the music on everyone's like, no, it fucking isn't. It's not, guys. If you can host a kid's party at all, you can definitely host a past the parcel. Where everyone gets something. And fortunately, yeah. like, this is an episode that got, like, weird responses on Twitter and people being like, yeah, that's good. Like, weird <laughs> psychos on Twitter being oh, like, participation yeah, trophy. Yeah, yeah, that same sort of sentiment. Yeah. And, it's, and it was always, like, the ABC posting, like, tweets from, like, fuckwits with, like, less followers on Twitter than, like, our Twitter account has. Right, right. And, and it's just like, oh, okay, you just, you just Googled, like, tweets about this episode made by any dipshit. Cool. Anyway, I hate that episode past the parcel. Sorry, uh, that's my rant. <laughs> my my new th fan theory is that um, Bluey is sponsored by the Australian Defence Force and nothing will sway <laughs> me from this fan theory. I shan't be elaborating anymore. This episode of Bluey is dedicated to the brave fighters of the Mujahideen. <laughs> but it's the voice oh at the start of every episode. This episode is dedicated to the brave fighters of the Mujahideen. <laughs> the brave Mujahideen fighters. Fuck yes, I know what I'm doing after I hop off. I'm making that and putting... I've I've currently got, on my Twitter profile, I've currently got a still from the Cats movie um, <laughs> of, of, I think, 2020. Um, and it says, this film is dedicated to the brave fighters of the Mujahideen. And it's got, like, cat side boob. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. The, um, the Taylor Swift cat, I know that image. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't know it was Taylor Swift, but there you go. So, a bit of a cat's head here. Yeah, the, the last movie I saw before the 2020 pandemic. Me too, at um, a two-bit movie club showing. Oh, you would have heard me yelling shit at the oh, cinema. we were at the same cinema, at the same showing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there yeah. you go. Oh, fuck. This is, Brisbane. This is before, 
before you and I really knew each other. Oh, that's fun. Oh, we had not. I was not even on the Bunta Vista Discord. Oh, okay. At that point, yeah. I literally had no idea who you were. So that that's a fun little connection. Same hairdresser too. Same this, hairdresser. This town. Yeah, it's this so town small. Is cursed. It's so small. <laughs> <laughs> would would you like to cleanse our palate with with a discussion of the bluey airbnb uh go for it so my only knowledge is that somewhere in brisbane there is a an airbnb that is in a queenslander and i think they've made it look as close to the house the family home in bluey as possible uh yes i drove past it unknowingly while on my way to a shoot um, it had like red rope out front and it had like a crowd and I was just like oh what the fuck is that house why does it look so weird and then I found out about it that they had uh, they had painstakingly detailed this house to look like the house from Bluey which chiefly means uh, the bedrooms look like the bedrooms from the show um, the bathroom doesn't quite match up because it's not super easy to like you know change furnishings like that right yeah the kitchen again very loosely styled they actually made the props the fucking house gnomes and like the furby they had Aww. in Bluey like that part of it is cute, but uh, yeah, for a probably decent amount of money, you could stay in the Bluey house. That's um, too much for it me. It is. Yep, yep. It was not on for very long. I think it was a very like fun thing, but we're not going to do this for ages because probably licensing considerations. But uh, oh. it didn't look particularly good to me. I think Airbnb, not just because I hate Airbnb as a concept, but also it just uh, I don't know. I just it was a bit of a novelty thing. Up. Like it was sort of you wouldn't get repeat people there and. Where was the location, if you don't mind me asking? Red Hill, but okay. like not on top of a hill. Oh no, well that's that's half the point. Yeah, it was like at the bottom of a hill, basically. Like it, it, where Red Hill turns to Paddington. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a cute idea. Yeah, I could see some of the, like the weirdo fans. Like, oh, uh, th- okay, this is maybe the only exposure I've had. There are people, I know furries exist, like not gonna yuck your yum. But when it's like a dad from a little kid's show that, like, these, like, wine mums are frothing over. I kind of give it the side eye a bit, I won't lie. Like, some people have got the hots for Bandit. I always thought that was just because, like, you know, to be fair to the show, like, Bandit is a a wonderful, like, model for parenting. Oh, yeah. Probably a bit too hard just because, like, that was the the other problem my wife and I have with Bluey that, like, not a a fan theory, but just, like, a legitimate, like concern they play with their kids all the fucking time so much unrealistic expectations yeah yeah and to the extent that there is a very good article by an abc journalist who has like two little girls about like yo as an experiment i'm gonna like spend the whole day with my daughters and let them do whatever they want and i'm gonna try and be like bandit healer and like whatever (laughs) they want to play will play wherever they want to go they'll go he consulted like academics and they were just like realistically your kids would just back in the old days your kids would follow you around while you did stuff and like you know played with other kids like you didn't have to be like fixated on them the whole time like that's a fairly modern thing yeah it really is and it's not possible and he even says in the article like okay we went to the zoo we went to playgrounds by four o'clock we were all fucking knackered we came home i put on the tv for them and i had wine exactly which to be fair does actually sound like a really nice day but you don't want to be you can't possibly be exhausted like the quality of the time and the quantity like it's all a balance so yeah that seems very unrealistic but maybe maybe we just don't have like a sugar mama in either (laughs) an illicit network or extractive industry paying our way like i don't know maybe maybe i would go to the zoo more 
if I was rolling in it. Gotta say, there have been times when like my daughter has been home during the day, like you know, being watched by her her grandmother, and I'm just like, hey, hey, yeah, I want to play. Like, I really gotta fucking get back to work. Sorry, I can't play right now. <laughs> and then sometimes I probably could play. And I don't want to. <laughs> yep, yep. Sometimes I, I want to just use the bathroom by myself. I think that's a bit unrealistic of you. Yep, yep. Sorry. Uh, everyone come and join dad while he showers. <laughs> now we put the kibosh on that one pretty early. Thank goodness. Oh, man. I should do. Okay, yeah. I should probably do that. <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's all we have. And uh, so, Josie, what can you conclude about like adult fans of kids shows? I think that I'm a hypocrite um, because (laughs) in my critique of these weirdos making fan theories, I have found out I've made my own in the process with just as much, if not less, uh, evidence to support my arguments. I think people can get, just like with anything online, people can get real weird about it. You know, if if it's to the point where they're sort of like, hey guys, this movie isn't about this sexual assault and murder or hey guys I'm sorry to say but this isn't about miscarriage I don't know like on one hand like maybe it's gone too far but also I think I mentioned it before like I believe in a piece of media sort of taking on its own life once it's released so like I, I also don't begrudge anyone from like having their own theories it's just like is are you do you genuinely believe this or is it fun is it just fun for you? Which I guess is the thing. Um, I guess you and I yeah. like came up with our fan theories and then kind of dismissed them because I, I mean, partially because I've legit heard one of the animators be like, guys, don't, don't worry. We're not, we're not trying to like sneak ideology sniff. Yeah. 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 Bluey. Yeah. It's, it's, and this is the thing, right? Is like, we can just have fun, laugh at it. It's fun to speculate. Like it's just good fun. Um, but when people are like, no, you need to understand this is like, hidden messages like it's like all right man calm down <laughs> yeah what about uh, you what, what what are your final thoughts on adult fans of tv shows for kids uh fandoms suck ass we should kill all fandoms uh, I agree. <laughs> uh wikis are hell uh don't ever look at them uh don't listen to anything a wiki has to say sorry i echo the sentiment of the podcast anime sickos that content should be a, a bucket you stick your head in and then you take your head out at some point uh yeah, yeah. uh kill fandoms also um sorry just quickly weren't you on an episode talking about a wiki page before of another podcast no no I, this is the only Was podcast this... i've ever been on are you serious i thought you were on online mole patrol oh no 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 sorry 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 i i fed beloved friend of the show have a, a piece on go and listen to their episode on the silent hill circumcision incident sorry that was the silent hill wiki where a deranged user was convinced that a video game no one liked was secretly inserting, like, intactivist messaging. Ha! Beautiful. Yeah. I knew you had some connection to the the Silent Hill wiki. I'm glad I didn't entirely hallucinate that thing, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's good they didn't have me on. I would have ranted about how Silent Hill 4 was bad, and, you know, it's weird that this guy got so fixated on that particular game. And again, another another weirdo fan making up weird theories. Who eventually locked everyone out of the wiki. Wait, so what? No one, yeah, he locked everyone out of the wiki so no one could like, people were just like, hey, this 
this evidence for like how the game is all about circumcision and how it's bad like we can't find any evidence for that and he would like go off and call them satanists and he would like revoke their editing privileges like eventually they had to reach out to the sort of like owners of the fandom wiki to like get him locked out that's incredible i need to listen to that episode then to to learn more about it it's a from the show online mob patrol it's called silent foreskin please listen to it <laughs> thank you for taking me through this journey of um bluey fan theories there's more to yeah. it than i i i could have ever anticipated and and i guess i should be clear that like i can't tell where these theories originate they could have originated from america uh, we are using the fact that Bluey is an Australian show to sort of explore how Bluey could have possibly inspired these emotions in people. But uh, yeah, I still believe that uh, Bluey fandom shows uh, just what a cursed little uh, sort of colony we are, uh, even though I do like Bluey as a show. So that is our tenuous connection. Yeah, and um, I, I will say that I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't... I trust your judgment on there being like this through line of reverence for like the defense force and the army and stuff like that that is a thing in australia like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they accidentally like that wasn't intentional if that makes sense i wonder if because you know all the stuff about like the australian army being just like a giant street gang has kind of popped off in the last two years or so so i wonder if this was possibly like you know you're an animator on a show called bluey and you have some reverence for the armed forces because you know some of your family are in it and they're fine so you know why don't we put in some stuff about you know kids having parents who are in the army and then all of a sudden you've built all this up and then two years later it's just like yo the australian army has big fucking problems yeah 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 bleak yeah so i wonder if not in like future seasons of bluey they might just like sort of backtrack maybe not play up that facet of it so much bluey becomes a conscientious objector for whatever the fuck world war three is in in that that universe <laughs> i'm just gonna i know that i'm gonna spend like a good half hour pondering the fact that there's fucking been wars like world wars or like vietnam um in this universe and how that would have went down yeah yeah welcome to kids tv and like you know god that then you get to a point of like you know yo why didn't the wizards in harry potter stop the holocaust and actually asking that question was horrible because jk rowling well, decided to answer that did she really yeah that's apparently what the latest fucking secrets of grindeldumble no. or whatever the fuck it's called is about well the last two have been about so you know oh, grindelwald wanted to like cause a war in the wizarding world to like stop world war ii from happening because he saw a vision of it and it's just like no no you did a fun series about wizard school don't fucking go near like the real, real answer the real answer is that um fuck off joan fucking that's the real answer. yeah no i okay that's look i could rant about uh judaism and uh transphobia and um the holocaust for a little while so i'm just gonna reel it in now um but there's there's very <laughs> obvious reasons why uh maybe jk rowling thought the holocaust wasn't all bad um uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's just my my fan theory um <laughs> i guess but yeah thank you so much for um doing all the legwork for this episode and for having me on no worries thank you for joining us fortunately for our next episode we're getting very local we're getting so local you guys i hope you like your brisbane swill we are talking about the mana bar <sighs> which is how you say it. i say the mana bar <laughs> the mana bar all right mana bar. <laughs> let's go the mana bar
Manabar. Yeah. <laughs> both both are valid. Um, but yeah, can't wait to discuss that small, stinky, maybe sorely missed by some, but not by others, place with you. Yep, yep. Uh, please join us for that episode. But otherwise, uh, thank you for listening to episode four of Australian Gothic. Bye. Hi, everyone. Before we wrap up this episode, there's there's one more point I didn't quite get into the episode, and that's the part that media of the last 15 years has played. So I'm talking everything from Lost, Doctor Who, Sherlock, Rick and Morty, the Marvel movies. So many of those pieces of media have turned the you know media consuming, you know, the media watching experience into a puzzle that you solve. And it's not really like a puzzle that is meant to be fun. It's meant to be a puzzle for like, look how smart I am, look how good I am at analyzing media. When really it is, it is just a form of like even more vulgar consumerism. You particularly see it in like Rick and Morty fans. It's like, look how smart I am. I sure have watched a lot of shit. Anyway, just thought that was interesting. Thank you for listening to this episode of Australian Gothic. We had a lot of fun making it. We really hope you guys like it as well. Please join us for our next episode on the Manabar coming out in two weeks. Uh, you can find Josie on Twitter at JSSPCR1. Uh, you can find me at Luxus M. You can get more episodes at OzGothicPod on Twitter.com and Australian Gothic Podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find us where all good podcasts are found. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Love you. <laughs>